It's time to hold it on, hold it on, hold it on to you. It's time to hold it on, hold it on, hold it on to you. Sometimes hold it on, hold it on, hold it on to you. You're listening to the Noise Cancelling Pod, the podcast about streamlining life, encouraging discourse, and maximizing your mind. Hosted by Frank Boyce and Axel Clark. Well, welcome back, everyone. Uh, I believe this is episode 46. I'm Frank Boyce. And this is Axel Clark. We know it's been a minute, but uh, we hope that you guys are excited to hear some familiar voices. Uh, we have a couple ideas. We had a couple failed podcast attempts, but I have to say, actually, since the last time that we had an episode, it's probably been more productive than some of our other pauses, wouldn't you say? I th- yeah, I think so. I mean, we met in person, which ha- has not happened between that many episodes. True. I but- feel like if we had a little more time, we probably should have re- recorded a podcast in person, but at the same time... We have the virtual podcast nailed down in terms of the technical aspects, so I don't know, recording in person may have been something new for us. It would have been, I mean, we we had a good setup, we were we were hanging out at Oceanside, had dinner, we probably could have just recorded on the rooftop, but, but you kind yeah. of had to run, but... I don't know, I should have brought the, the one, equipment. The one noteworthy thing from that visit was I'm 100% certain that we saw a shark while we were swimming together in Oceanside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you follow that at all? They, they kept seeding that shark like uh, oh, months I didn't after follow... that visit. So What kind of shark was it? It was a eight-foot white shark. Like a great white shark or a white yeah. shark? Well, I mean like a baby great white shark. It oh, okay. Was, wow. It was before it became a great white shark. It oh, was wow. just, just a white shark, but yeah. Okay. I'm 100% certain that that's what we were seeing. That's incredible. Yeah. That was, uh, it's one of those things, I feel like you always question yourself when you see stuff like that. You're like, did I really see that? Like, is it is it just a log floating? I, I feel like we probably were not responsible citizens and probably should have reported that to somebody. Right. No. So we had that going. And then we had a couple other episode ideas that we floated around. The first was rose-tinted New Year. Uh, how are you feeling about that topic as of today? I don't know. Well, I think that... You texted that to me maybe even on New Year's Eve, and then within the first week, it looked like it was clear that at least the beginning of 2021 wasn't going to be a whole lot better than 2020. It, it was not very rosy. Um, I feel like we could we could keep <laughs> that going and maybe start a pool for when the rose tinting should begin. I'm I'm hopeful June July. What what's your take overall? I think that I think that sounds about right. Fingers crossed. Hopefully we can get there for sure. Um, And then the one other topic that I think, you know, really spoke to each of us was kind of this, you know, how in sports people are listed as day to day uh, in terms of their injury report. I felt like that's kind of been my status the last probably eight or nine months that I'm just like, I'm I'm just listed day to day. I'm not sure what the end of the week is going to be like. (laughs) What's your uh, what's your feeling on that? I agree. I think I lost track of which day it was often. In fact, 
that even happened to us today. So it's still it's still happening. I didn't even think about that many as well. That's uh, that works on quite a few levels. But the the one thing in regards to that that we we've hit on a couple times just via email and text is you know breaking down goals to smaller chunks where you know a couple of years ago you know starting the year with some big goal felt feasible felt possible and now it's like well i just need to set a goal for today like little incremental goals uh have you applied that at all so far this year i think we've on a couple of occasions well I've, i'll say when we first when we moved to california in the summer and i think that after we moved here with everything going on our like we stopped working out as frequently and mm. so that kind of fell off and so we realized that we needed to pick that back up and so we decided that we we're going to work out every single day for a month and i felt that like that really jump-started the workouts and now we're working out pretty much every day with the rest day thrown in there maybe once a week but the idea of just it doesn't matter how long it is but for some amount of time each day for a month we're going to work out that's awesome yeah that has to be i mean i just think in general right now for for your mental health <laughs> and just having some sort of energy return each day a workout is super super possible and very meaningful into your routine yeah it's worth well one th one thing kate and i started in, in january was just trying to walk one mile each day and that has been i mean it's obviously not like a crazy workout in terms of the caloric burn or you know any sort of real cardio but just being active for you know 18 to 20 minutes a day and and being outside for most of those uh i don't know it's uh it's felt very nice and and just a routine that if there is a day or two that we miss it it's been ingrained enough where i really miss that when do you usually go it dip oh it depends so i mean most of the time when kids are in school we usually go around like 11 in the morning because we're both working remote now okay so, so it's kind of nice to have a nice mid-morning break uh, sometimes over the lunch hour, depending on meeting schedules. And then sometimes if kids are home, like during nap time, we'll just like, we have two cul-de-sacs, um, right together. So we can like, the kids can be taking a nap and we can just go outside and walk. It's almost like a quarter mile track. Got it. Okay. Between all the houses. So nice. it's been kind of nice. I like that. That's a good one. I have no excuse for not doing that here in Southern California. Yeah, you guys have a lot of nice walking days. We, I mean, we were out there like six inches of snow and boots. A couple of times wow. it was like negative, negative five, I think was the coldest. So we went out and walked. Um, so yeah, we were pretty dedicated during the winter. I didn't even think about that. It's It's been a lot easier the last, the last month to go out when it's 30 or 40 degrees. Yeah, that's impressive. Now, you mentioned your kids. Are they in school, like in person? Yeah, so I mean, that's been really in flux all year ivan's been remote he was remote until um mid-february was when he finally went back uh isla's been in preschool the whole year but she's only in preschool from like 9 a.m till 1 at 1 p.m so it's okay. kind of i mean katie and i are just kind of bouncing bouncing around trading off hours here and there it's not it's not a very productive schedule to be honest with it, you it's pretty chaotic to try to watch a kid while you're trying to work it's definitely a challenge you'd really end up doing 
a poor job at both. <laughs> yes, that's true. You're barely, you're just trying to keep the child like marginally engaged with something yeah. and then work. You're trying to get as much done as possible during the nap time. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think last year when everything started, I mean, Katie and I did a, a much better job of just like delineating the hours of the day and, you know, we would have like science time and gym time and, you know, that worked great for probably four months. And then we were just like, man, I, I don't have any energy to work. I don't really have any energy for this like fake school. And, uh, it, we, we really did struggle until I haven't got back into remote, remote learning last fall. But yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, we're super lucky that we can both work from home, have very flexible schedules and, you know, understanding coworkers and bosses that, you know, if we need to change meetings around it's not a huge deal but yeah it's uh it's definitely not been the most productive time in terms of if there's a, a an actual project or you know some sort of like data data entry or data manipulation that takes some some actual concentration like there's not that many hours in the day where you can carve it out where I, i'm gonna have extreme focus for more than 45 minutes at a time it's pretty much from yeah. 5 a.m to 6 15 a.m that i can get anything good done right yeah <laughs> we so for the base now we're in say maximize telework so if you want to telework pretty much you can but i've been going in starting to go more and more so we can take jimmy into daycare nice. where she has like other kids to play with and they have art time and all those other things that she's definitely not getting when she's here at home when we're working. For sure. I mean, I think for kids, it's just like, especially before the age of five, they just need to be around other kids. Like it, it's, it's less about like what they're actually doing. It's more just socialization and, you know, being, being normal kids. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy definitely got a slow start on socialization. Yeah. <laughs> no sure yeah and then um i'm trying to think the one other thing that we started and and we we'd done it a few years ago was was get blue apron and mm. it was we we'd done it a few years ago and we didn't really enjoy it that much just because it it didn't it felt like an added chore to our to our week and mm -hmm. we kind of flipped that around now and we order four meals a week on blue apron and then I don't really have to, we don't have to plan our meals out. We don't really have to, we go shopping like once a week just for kids food um, mm -hmm. and, you know, staples around the house. But it, it actually does make it a lot easier for us. And we're, we're actually cooking now like Monday through Thursday every week. Yeah. Which oh, nice. I, th I think it's been, it's been really nice just in terms of the pace of pace of life and not like katie and i looking at each other like what are we gonna do tonight like are you lazy mm -hmm. am i lazy <laughs> you know the look of like is it takeout is it takeout? <laughs> i know exactly what you're talking about that's that's still the state that we're in yeah. although we're gonna give a like a meal service a shot that is gonna deliver like three meals a day that we calculated out and will be cheaper than takeout so nice uh, we'll see how that goes that's cool too but yeah i mean i think the biggest thing is just kind of taking that question mark out and just you know actually making our lives a little bit easier to be like all right monday through thursday we're actually cooking all the foods already set aside the recipes are done the shopping's done just cook and be healthy and so it's mm -hmm. been it's been nice yeah oh, nice so i think the only other the only other thought before i, I kind of wanted to jump back into the day-to-day -to -day topic was 
how do you feel about having some mini podcasts coming up circling back to all of our cast of characters from the past five and a half years what do you mean by mini podcasts so like let let's say we break it down like each week we do a, a 10 minute segment with trevor or mm. Nana or you know anybody any some of our guests like we can even circle back with like mike Coates and see see what he's up to <laughs> i think that would be interesting i'm i'm down to to make that attempt to go back and talk with the people that we talked with before it will be interesting to see who because some of the people that we talked to i mean they are all had projects and initiatives and it'll be interesting to see if they are continuing with it or if they've uh moved on to something else yeah and i know like samuel hatton kind of pivoted a couple years ago and i followed up with him he was the courage project guy yeah um who was who the other guy I, I can't even remember his name now i'm drawing such a blank um Man, we did have some really, really interesting guests on here. So yeah, I will. Uh, I'll reach out to a few of them, see if we okay. can see if we can kind of get those interviews down to ten or fifteen minutes, kind of get an update from them, uh, mm-hmm. and see if we can pump out a few more episodes here and there. I like that idea. I do want to get Nana on too. She has she has yet to make an appearance. <laughs> I haven't even talked to her since the wedding, so I think mm-hmm. uh, I think I'm long overdue at least to to hang out and see what's up. Yeah. All right. But yeah, I do want to circle back to this this day to day setting incremental goals. You know, we talked about even setting monthly goals. Do you think that's something you would want to do moving forward? Yeah, um, like I said, we did the the workout every day for a month, and I felt that like that was successful and got us into a routine. So I think doing something for a month or at least figuring out your goals just for the month can kind of set you in the routine and help you kind of keep it going i agree with that and actually you know when we were we we were before we were recording talking about how like my goals had gone and if if you guys are long-term listeners you know that there's been fits and starts of you know the four minute mile uh, innumerable (laughs) other goals that have not ever been met um i like that idea of building on a goal until it becomes indispensable in your daily routine mm, you know what i mean yeah kind of almost like going back to when you were you got on the low carb um or what it wasn't low carb what did you call it i think it was low carb lifestyle low carb lifestyle yeah but it, but where it was just like it was totally second nature to you and it didn't even feel like there was any sort of deprivation i feel like that's the that's the type of incremental goals that i that i need you know i think I love big goals and we've, we've talked about it before of how, you know, even if you come up short for reaching a goal, there's value in pushing yourself towards something that maybe isn't even achievable. Uh, as long as you're not a person who gets really <laughs> by that negative feedback, push, push down further. But, um, I, I think right now when we're kind of in this day to day phase, taking something a little bit slower, um, and, and building on it, you know, for me, I think reading every day is, I mean, it's such a simple, simple thing, right? Not like reading articles, but like actually sitting down and reading a book sometime during the day kind of is the same as going out and walking a mile where you're, you're being active in a, in a specific way and, and building a habit where, you know, if you do it enough over time, you get to the end of the day and you're like, oh, I haven't, I haven't read yet. I haven't gone on my walk yet and it feels like mm-hmm. something's missing. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that's great. 
So I, I like that. I think my, my goal, my stated goal that I sent to you in February was reading two books. And I, I did actually do that. But okay. But I, I think, you know, where I was going from there was like, well, then I'll read three books in March and then I'll read four books in May. And, and I think instead of that, I, I, I feel like this conversation has reinforced that, you know, just the goal of reading every day doesn't really matter how many books I'm getting through. It's more just about implanting that that instinct and that that routine and repetition yeah i i'm a big fan of setting goals that are process related versus like end result late related so yeah definitely i think the the idea of setting the goal of doing something repeatedly and then in your mind you can have this idea that i hope the results are this but i think if you set the goal around the process you want to follow i think that's the best approach do you have any other examples of that? I think that's that's fascinating, and I think that's why so many projects and goals kind of get off the rails because because the end goal is, you know, what ninety five percent of the time what people are actually focused on. Yeah, I mean, I think it with diet you can talk about like losing weight, or you can talk about like eating healthy each day, or even with exercise you can talk about like, I mean, I I guess for if you're talking about strength, you want to be able to lift a certain amount, but really eventually you have to get to what am I going to do each day or each week to lift that certain amount. So I think focusing on that is more important. And then as long as you are confident that your process is good, then ultimately whatever the end result is, you could be happy with. That's awesome. Yeah. I I really like that process related versus end result related. That's a great one. Sweet. I'll have to think through that more. Again, like I said in our, our pre-chat, like it, it really is day-to-day where I, I feel like some weeks I have a lot of bandwidth and, and some weeks I'm just like, let's let's just try to get through this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that's the end of my notes. This is kind of a, a quick one on my end. What, what questions did you have for me or what do you want to follow up on? It can be life-related or, or whatever. So I don't think I have any questions. Maybe we should, so it's mid-April. So maybe we can brainstorm over the next week or so and come up with our goals for May. Got it. And, uh, and then we can come back and figure out what those goals will be for May. I like that. Talk about goals at the beginning of a podcast and maybe we can get Trevor on from May. Mm. I, think, I think we can get him. Yeah, we can definitely get him on. <laughs> That's awesome. You said that you and, you and Trevor and your dad went fishing? Yeah, we went. So we went deep sea fishing, but then me and Trevor, he lives out in Southern California. We've been fishing from the beach. Mm-hmm. So it's called surf fishing. Uh, and so that's been something fun that we've been able to kind of do together since it's outdoors and all that. So when you said surf fishing, I was like legit envisioning that you were surfing and fishing there is we saw a guy who paddled out on a surfboard and then was kind of like sitting on it and fishing off of it so you can surf and fish at the same time okay but we are just standing like in the surf if you will on the beach (laughs) you're fishing in the surf yeah all right both are cool. although yeah so we we started off and we were catching like a decent well i won't say a decent we, we were catching some stuff 
and then I think it got cold or colder, mm-hmm. and so the fish stopped biting. So we we got a little bit of a cold streak, but in April and especially in like May and June, it's supposed to pick back up. So we're excited for the summer months when it gets a little warmer and the fish are um, more along the beach. That'll be awesome. Because there's these little things called sand crabs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the sand crabs in the winter, I'm not sure where they go, if they go deeper into the sand or deeper into the water, but uh, they're gone. So then like this food source is gone. So all the fish go deeper also. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, I can get, I can talk to you for a long time about <laughs> what we've learned with surf fishing, although the knowledge has not produced results to date. I, I like it. I feel like we could do a whole episode just on different types of fishing. I mean, you've been, yeah. you've been all around the world. You probably caught some carp in the, in Iraq or something. <laughs> I don't think I fished el- except in the U.S., but uh, it's funny. So in Turkey? Me- no, I don't think so. I wish I had now looking back. The, the, I haven't fished a lot, but I actually went fishing. Me and Trevor used to fish in this pond in Arlington, in uh, Massachusetts. <laughs> That's hilarious. And it's, it, it's we were talking tiny. about that the other day. Yeah, and so we used to always go fishing in this little pond that probably, like the fish were probably not definitely not safe to eat. But that's, so we used to fish when we lived uh, together in Boston. And so then when we moved out here, he just randomly one day was like, hey, you want to go out fishing in the surf? And I kind of thought it was a harebrained idea. So, <laughs> but I had a fishing pole, so I figured, hey, I'm just going to show up. I don't really care. It'll just be a way to get out on the beach. Yeah. So he he provided the the bait and all the stuff and i think we caught something a couple small ones even the first time with no idea what we're doing so when you catch one on the first time it kind of gets you hooked a little bit it's true no pun intended was was that the pond in arlington where you guys found a boat yeah oh we we didn't find a boat we rented a canoe and then we didn't have time to take it out of the out of the pond so we tied it up and then we went back to get it the next day. Some like high schoolers or college kids had like took it for a spin, went drinking in it, and then turned it over and sunk it. <laughs> Was that from Outdoor Rec? Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. That's yeah. So funny. So I do have yeah. one kind of a random question because um, I've seen a few reports on it, but I have I have no idea. So I saw some reports that people in the military had opted out of getting vaccinated. Yes. As a former military member, I was like, "That's an option." Like, I, oh right, right. I I it's didn't a... I didn't know. I mean, is there some stipulation of like you're non-deployable, or I'm I'm just curious what what kind of the overall guidance and atmosphere is on that. Yeah. So the deal is, since it's an emergency youth use authorization then they can't make it a requirement uh, for vaccination. So, like, as you are aware, you can't really opt out of any of the other vaccinations. But for this one specifically, until it's fully approved, it's optional for military members. I'm not sure what happens on a, like, if you get tasked to deploy and they say it's part of your deployment, what happens there? I've not had that situation come up. Interesting. Yeah, I would be really curious to find find that piece out because i feel like at that point i I can't imagine that you can just give it the stiff arm if if you're going into a deployed environment 
I yeah, I think it probably depend. It would definitely depend on the country because some. Well, I don't know if they've. They may let you not do it, but you would just have to quarantine to a greater mm. extent before you go over there. That might be the kind of workaround. That's true. Interesting. Because it's not like the countries are requiring you to have it to go there, at least at this point. Right. So it wouldn't be a... You wouldn't be um, restricted from entering the country. So I think you probably would just have a, a stronger uh, quarantine going in and out of the country. You know, other than the remote environment... Have, have you had any specific, I mean, obviously, I'm sure there's a lot of personal issues when you're talking about a, a big, a big team, but have any, just in general, um, you know, leadership challenges that su- have surprised you in the last year? Um, I don't think, I haven't had, to, I've been surprised with how well people were able to like work around um, all the challenges they were facing, like the I knew firsthand what it was like trying to like raise a young child while they're in the house and you're trying to work. And I've just been impressed that people uh, found ways to, to still make things happen and do their best. So mostly I've just been impressed with what people have been able to accomplish. I mean, I think one thing I like to remember or foot stomp, I guess, is when we're looking back and seeing how well this remote work has has happened and how productive people have been we should also take into account that they're like working from home while trying to watch a child and how much better how much more productive could they have been if they had daycare or whatever because a lot of people i know uh, haven't had daycare and that's been a big challenge for sure yeah what's been interesting the last few months talking with with my crew (laughs) there's gonna be a specific change management component to my job when when we can kind of go back into the office like i think there's going to be some real resistance from from people on my team of you know if if they're required to be in even Mm -hmm. even like two or three days a week there's going to be some real questions on on why why that is you know after a year and a half of proving they can work remote why they need to be back in the office and what value that is to them Right. Well, and I think there's going to be some job shuffling. The, the organizations that are willing to let people continue to work remote are probably going to be much more attractive and will probably pick up some people as other uh, companies are more like fall back to their uh, more stringent must come into work uh, mentality or policies. What's super interesting about the company that I work for is they had a very lenient policy before it was just that no one took advantage of it. You know, I, okay. I had brought it up numerous times of like, hey, if there's if there's any schedule that works better for you, like just let me know. It, it, HR will approve it. I mean, we have we had this very long guidance of if there's a, an actual reason of why you want a different schedule that you can do it, and no one ever did it. I mean, we talked mm-hmm. about it, but it was just like you do what you're used to, and you know, it's it it takes something something to kind of bump you out of that and then you know once people have gotten used to working at home it's kind of like well why would i why would i move now so yeah it's, it's gonna be really interesting it's gonna be it a, will be interesting it's gonna be a unique leadership challenge to kind of like draw people back in like guys being around people is good yeah collaboration well, is nice i suspect there's 
a certain people there'll be a group of people that want to come back for a certain amount of time and then like the niceness of being around people for those extroverts will wear off and they'll start wanting to go back to the remote work especially for those people like around here in la there's so much traffic that oh for sure like working remote is very attractive yeah i mean even for me i mean it's a you know now that fewer people work it's probably only a 30 minute drive but still it's like do i do i want to do that hour you know round trip very often like for me and i'm like well you know two days a week seems pretty reasonable Mm -hmm. like what what other value like who else do i need to meet you know right like four or five meetings a week i think that'll be be pretty sufficient but yeah it'll it'll be really interesting to see how it goes and see how different companies shift office space and just kind of the the culture in general and i i agree with you i think the companies who will give their people flexibility and you know focus on that that work life like real work life not just like the fake the fake work-life balance that every company talked about three years ago just like mm-hmm. actually listening to people and giving them what they what they need and the flexibility where they can work most efficiently and and enjoy their lives yeah i have i have one other topic that at some point i'm going to want to cover so have you been following like bitcoin and cryptocurrency at all yes so i'm um, I like we talked about Bitcoin and Ethereum before, so I, I continue to be interested in it. But there's um, they've made some progress with Bitcoin in what's called the Lightning Network, mm-hmm. and so it's like the Bitcoin is more of like a store of value where it's almost like gold, and you don't want to do a bunch of transactions with it because the transaction costs are high. Mm-hmm. And then the Bitcoin Lightning Network is the network that you would use for like small dollar transactions. Uh, but they've got this new, well, it's relatively new um, software program or um, system that it's a, a chat app, but it also lets you stream a podcast through it. Mm-hmm. And then you stream. So Bitcoin is like the the equivalent of like a dollar, and then a Satoshi is the equivalent of like a cent. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're not the equivalent in terms of value, but in terms of like the way to think about them. Sure. And uh, you can, as you're listening to the podcast, you can stream cents to the podcast um, owner. Mm-hmm. And so there's like the idea is that instead of running ads, you can just listen to the podcast and stream like a cent for every minute that you're listening to it. Mm-hmm. So I have that thing almost set up. I'm still working on some technical details for this podcast, but I'm going to have to show you it and get you all set up in it so you can just check it out because I think it's kind of interesting. What is the, is it an app? Yeah, so it's called, this. the app is Sphinx Chat. Sphinx Chat. Yeah, so oh, yeah. you have to have an invite code, so I'll send you the invite code. Okay. Uh, and then it's, it's, instead of like, a chat app where there's a like a single server that handles it. It's almost like a BitTorrent where it's peer to peer, and so your ch- your chat messages like route to like not through a central server but through the peer to peer network. Mm-hmm. And so in theory, like it's encrypted and also more censorship resistant because there's no central server that you can actually shut down because it's peer to peer. Interesting. That's pretty cool, actually. So. We'll have to. I got it. I'm working out some kinks with the setup, but once I get, it, I'll send you an invite because you can just join the 
like the chat app aspect of it, but I'm still working out the kinks in terms of being able to stream the podcast. That's cool. No, I, I mean, I think that'd be cool. I think, uh, you know, we could, we could send out the, we could put the, the link in the time that we're going to do a live stream in either the, the notes of this episode or a later episode, depending on when we get that set up. And that'd be, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Well, then I guess the other thing theory is it creates like a little community where people that listen to the podcast could podcast could potentially chat about the podcast. So there's already a couple, like most of these are Bitcoin related podcasts, of course, because these are the first people are going to use it. Sure. Uh, But anyway, I'm going to send you the invite and then we'll have to play around with it. We need to go back and listen to that episode because that was like two and a half years ago. I'm, yeah. I'm curious <laughs> what terrible predictions I made on that episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So anyway. Cool. That's a good right. idea. So we'll have to, I'll, I'll send you the invite and then we'll start working through this just because I think it's an interesting project. That's awesome. All right. So next time, May goals and... And Trevor coming back. Yeah. Coming back. All right. Sweet. Well, with that, I'm Frank Boyce. And this is Axel Clark. Set those small goals and focus on the process to see results. Nice. Have a great week, everyone.